Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. Tommy, my friend and co-host, and I will get into the explanatory portion of what you can expect from this podcast in the first five minutes, but I wanted to give you all a heads up that we do experience some audio issues, especially in the first 15 to 20 minutes of the episode. Uh, We were struggling with a poor Wi-Fi connection at Tommy's house. Uh, Something we'll iron out in future episodes for sure, but just thank you so much for some grace and mercy as we figure out the learning curve in the new podcast. Uh, Tommy was super apologetic, but not his fault. Uh, Blame 2020. Anyway, hope you guys enjoy the podcast, and thank you so much for listening. We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. All right, welcome to Looks Like We're Lost, a podcast for going beyond what we know. I'm Dustin Redazel, uh, average man by anyone's account. And me is a guy who loves hanging division banners, Tommy Cooksey. <laughs> Uh, you, you got to celebrate what you can celebrate. And, and let's be clear here. You, no one can see right now anything above our chest. Uh, while you are an average man, you are of above average height and character. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I've, uh, I've got to ask, do you think that in the NFC East, what do you think gets it done this year? Could six and 10 win it? <laughs> oh man. Hey, here you go. Six and 10 can win it. And I'm going to call it right now. Here you go. For, for audio only, he's got the Cowboys mini helmet. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. This is our very first episode of Looks Like We're Lost. I assume if you're listening to this, uh, you either know Tommy and myself personally, or you were listeners to the Cheeto Dust podcast, our uh, long-since-sheltered former podcast that was really about nothing whatsoever. But uh, if you want to, you can look up Cheeto Dust on any podcast app and listen to our last episode. We give a farewell to the, what, 28-plus episodes we did there. It was a nice run. Kids, life got in the way. I think we're finally ready to get back into our regular motion. Yeah, I think you're right, man. It was uh, That was one of the things you had written a book, and we were – going to just probably stay on topic of many things. And it turned out that uh, we liked getting to talking to each other and talking to other people. And, uh, you know, it, it sort of became, I think it's what inspired us to keep going. Uh, maybe under, under a new name since Cheetah Dust is a little pigeonholed into what it was. <laughs> I guess it's a, a good place to pivot and just let everybody know what you'll be getting on this podcast going forward is, Tommy and I are going to do a weekly episode. We plan on doing guests about half the time. 
uh, just Tommy and I half the time. And what it really is, in my opinion, is conversation is one of the best tools we have for exploring our own personality. Uh, certain tools, when used, they feel like they're part of you. You pick up a baseball bat and you can feel the baseball bat extended through your arm, right? Like, you know how it's going to move when you move. And if you hit a home run, nobody says the bat hit the home run. You hit the home run. And that's a very specific tool for a very specific cause. And when it comes to navigating life, conversation with others is really one of the best ways to access perspective on how to handle any situation arises. And I personally felt a gap, not just because of COVID and the pandemic and a lack of a social life, but I felt a gap when we stopped doing the podcast of intentional conversations around topics I don't normally get to get into. What is normal? It's, in my mind, normal is just a state in which expectations are routinely met. So my normal conversations are, hey, how are you doing? Um, Let's talk about security firewalls. Hey, how do the chiefs look this year? And I don't get a lot of space for conversations around, uh, you know, what's the, what's the difference between teaching your child obedience versus teaching them compassion? You know, today we're going to talk about gratitude, right? For people who listen to Cheeto Dust, that was really freewheeling. We were making it up as we went along. And we plan to have a lot more structure and looks like we're lost to help us find better answers to just the act of living. Yeah, man, that's well put. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. Cheeto dust was, uh, was an attempt. <laughs> it was like, um, ad lib comedy with some, with some intentional thought in there. And, and, uh, you know, it's something that we really enjoyed, you know, when you, when you hit me with the title of looks like we're lost, I sat with it for a little bit and I'm like, you know, that's, that's exactly that's exactly it. I mean, I think uh, with what we do for a living currently, especially, is we're at home all the time and we're behind these video screens all the time. And I often fall into a habit of just staying behind that screen. Uh, it's it's for whatever reason. I just it's difficult for me to say intentional time to sit around a fire pit with some of my friends and just you know have a beer or eat some pizza and just talk. And uh, while that's one of my We'll talk about goals in a later podcast. Well, it's one of my goals. Um, what really struck me is like whenever you feel sort of lost uh, or when I feel lost emotionally, sometimes physically, spiritually, you know, whatever, mentally, et cetera, is who do I look to? And, I, and, and it's oftentimes friends, experts, family. And uh, that's what I'm most excited about with this is, is we're exploring things that are maybe familiar to us, but we want a different perspective or are completely unfamiliar to us. And, you know, there are people that have spent a lot of time researching being within, uh, within a subject matter or an experience. And so I hope other folks will, um, will join us in the excitement. Two things, and then we'll move on. You know, the only difference between being lost and exploring is just a tweak in mindset. It's a sense of adventure. I am kind of done with with what I know and what I'm comfortable with. Too often that leads to embarrassment or stagnation. You know, father growing children, you know, it's a plan for failure. Just like 
yeah. hey, this is this is the way things are. I'm trying to foster curiosity and excitement on a regular basis. So for me, spending this time in conversation is like exercising that muscle. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. You know, it's it's funny when you say it like that because, and, and I don't, maybe your dad was the same way, your mom was the same way, but you never felt like you didn't know where you were going or, you know, it was always like, oh, we'll figure it out kind of thing. And uh, sometimes based on, you know, my personality, it's like, well, if it's not going in this direction that I think it needs to be going, then I'm in a, a state of despair. And so, you know, sometimes that's just things that I'm working through in my head. And uh, it's one of those, you know, incremental improvements each and every day. And and it gives me something to chew on as we as we plan for these and as we reflect on them. So, you know, last thing along those lines, and this is for the listeners, maybe you listen to a lot of podcasts, maybe you don't. I would assume you're you're probably listening because you do. But for me, it's hard not to give podcasts just a ton of credit for my development. I don't know that I'd say saved my life, but when I was going through really hard times, uh, for those who don't know, I'm a cancer survivor. I've, I've fought some addiction issues. And when I was going through really hard times, it was an open forum of conversation where people were talking about things that they didn't talk about in my regular life that I didn't have other people to talk to. And it felt like tapping into a part of my brain that I just didn't get to use often enough. You know, as, as we unfold the structure here, that's exactly what we've designed this to do. You know, it's a little bit of chit chat. Hopefully you get to, to know me and Tommy and feel like we're friends the way I feel about other people on podcasts I listen to. Uh, once a week, Tommy and I are going to play a little bit of We're Not Really Strangers, the self-discovery edition, and dive into a deep question, something that is designed to be uh, self-reflective. So even if you're just listening to this alone in your headsets, you can kind of do that exercise as well. And then just a solid recommendation for something that Tommy and I, whether it's a product, a service, uh, a, a habit that we highly recommend. And we'll keep these things under an hour. But yeah, that's the the high level. Here's what you're getting into. You know, I, I feel like like subscribe the usual the usual stuff. Five star ratings only, please. <laughs> Uh, but wherever you're listening, <laughs> would love to have you along for the journey. So before we get into the topic of gratitude, Tommy, um, I should at least be a human being and say, how are you and your family doing? Plan Thanksgiving. Did you have trouble breaking it to any family members about like, maybe we shouldn't invite Uncle Ned? He doesn't exactly have a lifestyle we condone in a social yeah. distancing. Yeah. What a, what a weird year for holidays. Um... Yeah, you know, we had a family member. We, we had a little, just a small family gathering here this weekend, and we had a family member that wasn't able to come due to having COVID. You know, hearing firsthand, it's it's nasty and brutal and and uh, something. Gosh, you know, I don't wish on my family my more my worst enemy. And then, yeah, we, we had to kind of change our plans um, and, and delay our travel a little bit. So yeah, it, it's weird. It's weird. It's like you know, um, you have you kind of set you're setting up these things to look forward to and until the day of you're kind of like well can we really do it or should we really do it so yeah what about you guys i'd, I'd imagine you know I, I know that uh yeah. impending child and and immunocompromised i mean there's a couple other complicating factors there for y'all we're not anybody over <laughs> it yeah. is an yeah. isolated yeah. thanksgiving 
I'm I'm going to be very thankful for not increasing my chance of disease. Yeah, it's it's tough, but yeah, with with Katie, she's uh, she's going to be 33 weeks pregnant during the the holiday. It's just not that. And it's tough to tell family yeah. members that who don't have the same perspective that we do, because it sounds like you're saying you're not worth it. You're not worth the risk. And right. it's tough to have that conversation in a way that is loving. We probably did a terrible job of it, but it's out there now. So we're cordoned off for the season. Yeah. No, man, I, I get it, man. I get it. It's we're not most people are not very good at setting boundaries um either setting boundaries for others or here's my boundaries of what and how i'm going to say things this is my boundaries on letting things out um and you know this this phase of life we're all in is, is sort of forcing people to to do uncomfortable but probably the correct thing you know because it's not easy one way or the other, but it is, you know, in a lot of cases necessary. Yeah, no, I, I do agree a hundred percent and I'm not, I'm fine with the boundaries. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on something. A lot of people have probably, we're probably going to talk about COVID. Like how can you avoid the topic? Right. It's, it's a normal I know, right? yeah. piece of conversation these days. So I don't want to dwell too mm -hmm. long there, but I think there's a million benefits, just like there's a million drawbacks. Yeah. You know, for for me, a huge benefit is that because there aren't family expectations, I'm not doing turkey this year. I'm doing fried chicken, and I don't care what anybody says. Fried chicken is so much better than oven roasted turkey. There is a that that is scientific fact. That's a fact. And even though I, I do get the benefit of never having to cook turkey with family and I'm going to have to make my own homemade fried chicken, easily worth the trade-off. Yeah. Although cooking with Cooksey came over and he deep fried a turkey much faster than oven roasting, uh, but also much more delicious. Uh, well, you but do still, have... But st yeah, but still fried chicken's just better. It's just better. It is. You do have <laughs> the advantage of having a culinary expert in the family. Uh-huh. Yeah, Exactly. So man, let's uh let's jump into gratitude. I'll clear the lane and let you get it started. I've I've got tons of thoughts. But when I first brought up a topic yeah. for this week, you're like, "Well, you know it is Thanksgiving. We should probably <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what do we want to talk about? Football or gratitude?" Yeah, it's weird, dude. It's um what really what what and this is just just recently here. I you know I interviewed for a new job, and I and I looked over some people's. They do you know slide presentation me, and I was shared one by a colleague that in her like about kind of profile it said leads with gratitude. It's like what a concept, you know. It's uh, it, it was one of those things that you know I think sometimes I, I think I do fairly well, and there's other times where I just assume that it's owed to me. Uh, and, and that's really, you know, when you're talking about ex exchanging some f form of resources or time or whatever with somebody else, uh, be thankful for what's or you know, what's there, what you have and accepting of what you don't have or can't control, man, in, in, in the moments in my life when I can feel that, 
and I can be in that, golly day, it's such a, it's such a, such a better experience. It's such a uh, freeing experience. Uh, and this is coming from someone who likes to control a lot of things. So it's sort of, and then, you know, I followed on with, uh, I've been reading, um, I don't know, it's part memoir, part, I don't know what it is, the Matthew McConaughey book, Green Lights. Just started. Have you, you listened to that yet? Just started today. Yeah. I will say the audio version is probably much better than the the reading it. And if you listen to any more than two of his podcast interviews, you've heard the anecdotal stories. But talk about someone who is just sort of grateful for other people's company and and uh, and you know doesn't assume or expect you know zero expectations of others. And that's the, you know that's when you know when when you say gratitude, it's like oh man, that's it was just triggered within the last like I don't know month or two that. That's something to really put forward and not an afterthought. For sure. Um, one thing on green lights. Yeah. If Matthew McConaughey is reading the book, you go audio and you just keep yeah. listening. Got to keep on listening, man. I want to, I think one thing you said there at the beginning about it just being a superior way to approach life. One thing I, I think people get confused about when you start preaching gratitude is they sound like gratitude's a great time. It sounds like, oh, if I'm thankful for things, then life is so much better. And a huge lesson for me is gratitude is not the same thing as happiness. They are very different things. I was looking at... Uh, because I, when you brought up this topic, I was like, I know I've, I've written something about this. And it was a year ago on Instagram. And I was just going to read a post real quick. It says, happiness and thankfulness are not the same thing. I realized that during a sponge bath in a hospital ICU right around this time three years ago. And it was that insight that changed my life. If you're able to look at the sum of your life in spite of all conditions and summon up feelings of legitimate gratitude you will realize that you are less anxious and less afraid and generally stronger as a result. This insight where the only thing in the world that has changed is your perspective in which you experience the world will let you see it more clearly and maybe just as important, you will know that you see it more clearly. I say all that to say, I've consistently thought of gratitude as something more along the lines of practical meditation. It's taking the time to look at your life and put it in proper perspective. Like it's, a, it's an act of will saying, I am glad I have these things and that's where I'm putting my attention instead of I am frustrated about all these other things and worrying about these things and pissed about these things. And I think that's where the intrigue of gratitude lies for me is how do I take that, that knowledge that doing that is so beneficial and flex it so that it can become more of a constant state of mind instead of something I drum up on the holiday or, you know, when some self-help guru reminds me to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's some truth to, you know, the, what the psychologists, you know, what the, those neurons that, fire together while together. the neurons that fire together what wire together so like oh. the, the the habit 
yeah, the habits that you create, it's not just, you know, it's, it's your brain cementing that, Hey, look, this, this type of behavior kept you safe. And therefore you should, you should repeat that. You should do that again. And, you know, based on some things from my childhood and growing up, I was a very cautious, very controlling, uh, because if I could control my bubble, I was going to be good. And that would then be rewarded with a good result. And so it's like, okay, well, the next time I'm in this situation, I got to go one, two, three, four to make sure. And anything that's outside of that is bad. And I should push that away. Right. We'll see what that does, man. Well, so far, so good. Let's uh, pick it back up at Ralph Waldo Emerson because I mostly lost that quote. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can hear me all right now. I got you now. Yeah. What did Ralph Waldo Emerson say about happiness? Let me let me just tell you, he didn't talk about happiness. He talked about gratitude. <laughs> you, you, you break you break me off for five minutes, and I just lose the train of thought like that. Well, are we are we? I guess we're uh, we're diverting this conversation to happiness now. But uh, so so Emerson Emerson said, uh, cultivate the habit of being grateful for every good thing that comes to you, uh, and to give thanks continuously. And because all things have contributed to your advancement, you should include all things in your gratitude. And so it's like, um, you know, we, I, I say this all the time to people and it's, it's something that I, that I truly believe and sometimes I'm better at, at projecting than others, but we're, we've all arrived at where we are and who we are based on many series of events and micro events and thoughts and feelings and things that we've done to people and have been done to us and so on. But it's all brought us to where we are. To reflectively, it's very easy to look back and say, oh, you know, I didn't know it at the time. It was a painful time, but I'm grateful for that moment, right? To, to not be self-defeating and to be in that moment and say, I'm grateful for this moment it's, it's a, it's a true, it's, it's a growth moment and, and it's a true changing of, of perspective, you know? When you talked about being a kid and like having this desire for control and kind of a feeling of anxiety, do you think that you were born with that wiring or do you think it's something that you developed? Uh, to me, I think so. So I think it, I think it's actually a genetic thing that can be passed down. Um, and I've actually read studies and articles that say it can actually be passed down from generations before us. And so, like our our grandparents' generation could pass that through our parents to us. Um, so, so I think you know, just like with addiction. Um, and things like that. I think it's some of us maybe more pre predispositioned to experience it. And then when you're rewarded for these, uh, I don't call it a mental illness necessarily, but when, when you're, when you're, when you're getting, when you're attaining the results that you think you want to attain and your anxiety, addiction, whatever it may be, was not a hindrance to that. And in some cases, maybe even helped you achieve that. It's like, okay, well, that it's like a little putting a little money in the bank, you know, you know that that worked. Yeah. And so I think I think you can be I think you can have a disposition to uh, to be more anxious than another person. And I think that 
when that becomes self when it becomes fulfilling and it and it and it achieves goals, I think it just solidifies and many many years of that, and you just end up being that kind of person, um, and to never take a step back and look at it and be like, well, what, why am I doing that? All habits served a purpose at some point, right? Even when they become, even when they become damaging, I think that's what Mm -hmm. fascinates me about, you know, gratitude not being the same as happiness. Happiness kind of ebbs and flows, but like gratitude is actually a skill you can cultivate. It's a habit you can get your head around, which is why I wanted to make sure, you know, we got Mr. Emerson on the record here. I I like that a lot. Like I've read so many books on habits, right? There's Atomic Habits, uh, Four Disciplines of Execution, um, The Power of Habit. Probably the foundational text that all of these books go back to is Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Okay. And pretty much what he's talking about is that anything we pay attention to it's a it's a bear of a book like it's it's thick and it's dense and it was a tough read so when i summarize this down to something super (laughs) simplistic forgive me but pretty much what he's talking about is that it takes a ton of effort to focus your attention on anything willful at all and that 90 percent of your brain to do less work Mm -hmm. so the work of life is taking things that you know are beneficial forcing the difficulty of doing them time and time again until your brain turns it into the you know low wattage usage of habit it's like Mm -hmm. you walk into a room you flick the light switch you've done it so many times it doesn't even register that you're doing it yeah right like you tie your shoes it it requires no mental power whatsoever uh yeah, you know it's funny you say that so it's something that um i mean it, this it's so in in the generation we live in and this has been compounding for many years but we take so many things for granted and we have so many distractions you and i, I mean for me I, I sort of take my cell phone when we have these conversations and i put it aside because of the constant v- v- well, is me, I'll look down and I'm, what's going on? What, what's going on outside of this conversation that could be rewarding for me or exciting for me? Um, a book we read back in college that I've, you know, I've always come back to. It was one of those classes that I was forced to take, and I'm really thankful for being forced to take it. It was called On Being a Self. That's wow. um, yeah, very, yeah. very forward thinking for a college. Uh, freshman year too, man. I'm like, I'm just supposed to be taking like bio 101, man. But uh, we read a book, you know, you probably heard of it, Walden's Pond by um, Henry David Thoreau. You know, he went out and, you know, we went out in the woods and he lived very intentionally. You know, the only, he only left the woods because he noticed a a, a sort of a, a beaten down path from his house to the pond where he would bathe. And the reason he left is, it just became a mindless track for him. He was walking it. He didn't know he was walking. It's kind of like, you know, when you go for a drive and you sort of, your mind goes blank until you get there and you're like, well, how did I get here in these 20 minutes? I sometimes remind myself, you know, when, when I'm in a, when I'm taking a warm shower, 
right? You know, I, I, I've, I have a, a method that I work my way down. Sure. But if I'm really thinking about it, you, you can, you can find small bits of gratitude in that. It's like how many people in this world would kill for a, a warm shower, right? Temperature controlled, uh, shampoo that costs $15 a bottle. You know what I mean? A bar of soap. And you know, it, it's, it's, it's these small practices. It's, it's just like, um, you know, we'll take, we'll take working out. You're not going to pick up 400 pounds and squat it on day one. I mean, maybe you might be a genetic freak, but you're going to have to start small with low reps and then you're going to have to add reps to that. Right. And then, and then you add more weight to it. And it's the same thing. I think when we, when we talk about you know, things like gratitude is you don't just wake up one morning like Ebenezer Scrooge and all of a sudden you've been visited by three ghosts and you're grateful for everything in the world. But, but small bits of gratitude, whether it's to your spouse, to your kids, and I think even to yourself, you know what I mean? Hey, I, I didn't let myself go down this path today, or, Hey, I, you know, I worked out today or, or, you know, whatever it might be, even if it's, I'm thankful for this house that has climate control, right? <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I don't have to be hot or cold. Um, and you do that every day and you, and, and you start to add reps to it. And then you start to add bigger things to it. And, and I think it, it then just, just like I said earlier, the, you know, the things, the neurons in your brain that fire together, wire together, that becomes your natural reaction. You don't have to necessarily intentionally then respond. It's just become that habit. Therefore your natural reaction to a situation to express gratitude. Right. And, it's a hell of a lot of work, man. But, but I think the end result is so positive for you and for others around you. I think it's infectious. What are your regular practices? Cause you, you likened it to working out and I think that's as good a thing as anything, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're preaching adaptation. In this case, we're talking about your brain and our, your emotional state versus, you know, your, your body and your muscles to, get that kind of stimulus and response in your body, which I think is very analogous to what you're talking about with the brain, you have to create a regular cadence. Do you have any regular cadence for saying, hey, I'm grateful, like you don't miss this time? <laughs> I think about setting them up every day. <laughs> nice. um, you know, I, I uh, time of prayer for me is, is, is a time of, of gratitude. It used to be like, hey, I'll pray before a meal, I'll pray before bedtime, and boom, done. I almost feel like I'm in a constant conversation with God, um, thinking, talking, um, you know, not in some weird way, in a, in a real direct way, where I, I sometimes think that the voice that I'm talking to myself in my head is is actually talking to a higher, higher power. Things that I that are on my list that I that I know that will will be helpful and will help me in this practice. Um, would be journaling. I don't journal. I, I do it. I tend to journal when things are really bad <laughs> and I have some stuff. I just want to get off my chest and leave it there. Um, but that's something, and you'll hear this in the McConaughey book is he's like, you know, why not start journaling when things are good? Right. And then in the, in those times, you know, it's, it's cementing it in paper and in your brain. But then in times when things aren't so good, you can go back to that and be like, well, what was happening in my life at that time? Sure. You know, is it, what about is it your brake or your you, steering dude? wheel? Yeah. Do, do you have any things that you do like on a daily basis that can point you in this direction? Yeah. The, the number yeah. one, and I wouldn't go down this road of my 
constantly fluctuating relationship with the Almighty, which has been a crazy journey for me personally. And I still don't know where I'm at with that, but that's definitely on the docket for a future getting lost on because I, I probably yeah. am lost on that one. Um, but in spite of my fluctuating feelings about God and Jesus, we definitely say a pre-dinner prayer every night, uh, Katie and I do. And the reason I do that, even at times I, where I wouldn't consider myself as faithful as I have been, is because the practice of taking a break and saying thank you to something beyond yourself helps piece things back together. You know, we're usually doing dinner after a full day. We finally got the kid down. We finally got dinner made. And it's the first time since 5 a.m. I've stopped moving. Mm-hmm. And to a lot of times I'm moody at that point. And it's incredible what taking 30 seconds to say, hey, thank you for our health. Thank you for our safety. Thank you for this meal we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then praying for the well-being of others. It really does all the things we've just talked about. And so it's nice to know that that is there. That's that regular cadence. So, you know, the whole reason you work out, if you want to be functionally fit and mobile, is so that you don't throw your back when you try to lift your kid above your head. Yeah. Right? Like it's yeah. to do real world things. And so having that regular cadence is something nice that I think does make me better on a day-to-day basis. And then on top of that, I, like, as, as you know, but others may not be aware, I write so much. Like I, I'm writing all the time. You know, people can't see this on video, but like I carry a journal around with me. It, I've got like three of them in the house. They're in every room. If I have a thought, I'm writing it down. And more often than not, that turns into me spinning my head back around to the right direction. And I find when you try to do that with any sort of topic or anything you're wrestling with, it is hard to spend that much meditative time on a topic and just run down roads of like anger because you're only with yourself. You don't want to be angry with yourself. You come back around. Yeah. So, those are the two main things for me. I, I was at the beginning of this year doing uh, three steps of gratitude in a sleep journal. So before I went to bed, the, the last three things I wrote down was three things I was grateful for. And it was helpful. It was really good. I should have kept it up. But with a kid, I got what, tired. Um, I got bogged down. Do you find that when you do that, are you just writing the same three things every night? <laughs> No, that's, well, that's kind of the beauty you force of yourself to sort of, yeah. yeah. It's kind of the beauty of doing it regularly in the beginning. You're just like, Oh, it can be any three things that works for like a week. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden you find yourself similar to what I just said about the prayer situation. You know, you're saying like, Oh, thank you for my safety. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my children. And don't get me wrong. I still think taking the time to to take a moment and thank, be thankful for those things instead of taking them for granted, hugely helpful. But I was trying to force myself to get beyond that. And yeah. it, it ended up being things like, well, what did we do today? Well, we bought a new sofa. <sighs> okay. Am I going yeah. to drum up the energy to be grateful for this sofa? And that's where you 
Thank you for this new sofa. A well-curated home is something a man can be proud of. And I was trying to make sure that I wrote out the reasons for that. And if I were suggesting anybody else take up a, a gratitude position in their journals, it would definitely be, you know, spend enough time to get beyond that. But hey, I was a poor practitioner. I, if, if there's one mistake I made this year, I overloaded myself on the goals for 2020. It's been a yeah, great a lot year. Of goals. Yeah, yeah. It's been a great year, but the failures came in therapy and a daily journal. I mean, I, I bet you if you broke out the averages, I've written nearly a thousand words a day this year. Yeah. And I just couldn't get in 30 more minutes a night of journaling. No. What would you say to people in, um, you know, it's, it's now it's become a joke, huh? 2020, huh? Yeah. Just one of those years, right? This could, or, you know, something happens. This couldn't be more 2020. Can't wait for 2021. And, you know, for good reason, in some cases, people have lost jobs. They've lost loved ones. There's a, and, and as if someone who, who does fluctuate back and forth with, you know, anxiety, you know, it's hard to look at some situations and say, it's going to be all right, right? Because there's so much uncertainty. There's so much needing to pivot on a dime. Like, oh, well, we, we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. What kind of things, maybe practical, do you think people could do that, are, that, would, that would lead themselves more towards gratitude in a year that has dealt us nothing but, you know, cold fish, you know, fish fillet sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love a fillet of fish. Not cold. Oh man, it's not that. Yeah, yeah, hot with the plenty of tartar sauce, but uh man, it the reason that's a difficult question is because when you get into the personal checklist of mental sanity, it needs mm -hmm. to become insanely personal. Like step 1 is probably creating space for something like the sole reason we're doing this podcast, if no one ever listens to any podcast we do, we're still doing this all year long because making the space for the conversation is to finding what matters most to me. And, you know, my checklist is pretty well defined. You spent a lot of time developing that. Right. You know, we, I think it's Yuval Harari, uh, wrote Sapiens, Homo Deus. He wrote something to the effect of, we become satisfied when expectations are met. And as conditions improve, expectations balloon. So we lived most of our lives up till 2020 with expectations ballooning. It's a great life in America. And then when those got drawn back, our expectations of what life should be constantly falling short. You know, for me, my life has become very insular because I know what my checklist is. I, I need to be curious and enthusiastic about my child's daily development, being able to get into whatever he's into, even if it's uh, reading the Trucks and Diggers book for the 3,000th time mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. saying the names of things he's pointing to. I got to keep that energy high. Yeah, It's exercising every single day. Set a PR on the Peloton today, by the way. What's yeah, up? Did. <laughs> yeah, you did. And, and it's making sure I write. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I don't have to think about too aggressively about making sure I'm getting 
you know, enough information on the input to keep me curious and engaged about the world. That's what podcasts and audiobooks have done for me. And I'm able to take in a ton of information while I'm going around the routine chores that I have to do. I'm cooking, I'm cleaning. Like, so I've, I've built a pretty routine life that checks a lot of my boxes to, to feel growth and see the benefit of the things I'm invested in. And because I have that, I'm routinely meeting my own personal set of expectations for myself. You know, I've, I've got my accountability mirror. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, you can go to Dustin Redazel at Instagram. It's my, my profile is basically just littered with pictures of a mirror and post-it notes. Uh, stole yeah. this from David Goggins. And it's, I just make sure I'm hitting those all the time. And when I'm meeting those expectations, I am satisfied with my forward movement. Yeah. So how do you, um, and I, and I've known you for a while now, at least a decade, someone that used to be anything but routine. I think you were pretty spontaneous. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was out there. Hey, you want to go to the mountains? Yep. Sure. You're going to tell your boss, ah, yeah, I'll call him on the way. Right. Uh, you know, was, that's but, yeah. It's basically like Jim Carrey and yes, man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a year or two like that. Just say yes to things. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's good. You know, it, it does provide some, some, uh, some value, but you know, now someone that's maybe on the other end of that spectrum, very routine or oriented, very regimented. I mean, I'm, I'm very similar. I eat the same stuff every day. I try to work out around the same time every day. I, you know, I shower in the same order. I check the doors and you know, a little bit, little bit of border outline on OCD. How do you handle, and maybe this, we can tie this back in. How do you handle it with gratitude when, you know, your, you, you will have your workout planned for one thirty PM and, uh, Oh, uh, Katie has a call come up or Walter's not feeling well, or, you know, something happens that says you're not getting that stuff done today. Can you, are you able to meet that with gratitude or is that more like that throws the rest of my week off now? Because that, because this one thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. More than that's something thing. that happens to me. That happens to me. Uh, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm missing this one thing, well, all of a sudden, okay, well now I'm behind on my workouts and you know, and now, you know, I, you know, I can't eat lunch at the time I want and it's going to, you know. Yeah, it's definitely, um, fall? um, wrecked, absolutely wrecked. And it's one of, it's probably one of my worst traits. If I yeah. have, if I have something planned and something goes wrong that I can't do the things that I plan to do, my mood's awful. I'm terrible with it. Yeah. And I think I've gotten faster. And this is where turning gratitude into a habit and a state of mind versus, okay, I, I need to consciously take time out and like think about what I'm doing is I've heard it likened to, and this might even go back to when we talked with your friend, Jeremy Moeller about meditation. I think yeah. I've heard it likened to, uh, you know, clench your fist as hard as you can. And it's unsettling. And then it feels really good to let it go. And getting in a really bad mood because things didn't go as you plan are like walking around with that f fist clenched all the time. 
And yeah. when you recognize, you can finally let it go and relax. I think I've gotten a lot faster at recognizing it. Mm-hmm. But it took a lot of iterations of why am I in such a crappy mood? And it took a lot of group therapy and having the acronym HALT hammered through my head, which is, it stands for, uh, are you in a bad mood? You need to stop and run the checklist. HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And usually these things are connected for me. Have I not talked to another person? Am I tired because I didn't get my exercise in? Am, Am I angry because... You know, I didn't get my writing time in. I just need to eat a snack. Yeah. You know, and once I kind of started wrapping my head around those mantras, it's gotten a lot easier to relax. And usually my mind goes straight to, hey, life is pretty good. Yeah. I got a lot going on for me. And that's the other nice thing about gratitude is if, if you've spent enough time saying that, and like Katie and I do say some version of that to each other, particularly in COVID, like we'll stress about a million things and then like, okay, breathe. Mm-hmm. You know what? We have it way better than so many people. Life is all right. And you start telling yourself that story and you feel it. It comes through. But yeah, yeah man, I'm, I'm, I, I still, I'm, That's something I still I struggle get, with. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a never ending battle. And the, I feel like the more, self-actualized you become the more you're like here's the things that make me good when those things aren't happening of course you're gonna feel bad right it's it's the trade-off for trying to guide their life in a direction versus letting life happen to them willy-nilly right yeah yeah that's good so in in the interest of time i've got nothing else to say on the topic i'm looking forward to having a week off of work and going through the usual moves of Thanksgiving. I'm even looking forward to throwing the the usual question. Hey, what are you thankful for this year? Yeah. That's something that we want to start doing. And, and we do it sometimes with the boys at dinner. Obviously, you know, Milo can't say anything, but you know, we try to say, uh, you know, Everett, what are you thankful for? And usually it's like, yeah, dinosaurs, uh, sharks in volcanoes, like, you know, but we, we're, we're trying that's something we never did. I think Annie's family did it when they were kids. They would sit around the dinner table and before they could eat, they'd say a prayer and then each person would say something that they're thankful for that day. Pretty cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a it's a great practice. Two things before we, we check out today. We're yeah, going dude. to do the finding ourself portion. Do you want to yep. go first? Uh, you want to ask a question first or should I? ask you a question first uh I'll, I'll give you i'll give you a question first um well you know i'll keep it on theme so in the last let's say year we'll say two years since you know 2020 was interesting is there a gift or an action that someone has you know, done for you or you've done for someone that has created gratitude or, 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 you know, a grateful feeling in your heart. There's one thing that's like number one with a bullet for me. I need a lot of time to do the thing that I want to do 
which is write this novel. Um, 97% done with the second draft. Wow. I'm going to finish the second draft this week. But it started from conception to now. You know, I started it late 2018. I've definitely poured over 500 hours into this thing. It's, it's a huge work. And I started it before we had our first child. And my wife has had to deal with the fact that I've had this hobby that is completely isolated, that provides nothing but like my own personal development. And yet she gives me probably four hours every Saturday and Sunday morning. That's like wow. no expectations. I can just get in there and work. And when we talk about like gratitude and having that checklist and what do I need to feel like I'm satisfied and my expectations are met and I'm making forward progress in life. Like this project has become the totem for all of that mindset for me. And I'm really proud of it. I love what it's become, but I would not have been able to do any of it if she didn't just clear the lane for me. Yeah. You know? Awesome. I'm like James Harden in the Houston Rockets offense. I need it to be tailored to my talents. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that that for me, and I mean, I could talk forever about the way the novel has changed my relationship to the world. It Creating a character and multiple characters in your head that are an aspect of you, and you get to know them as intensely is any close relationship, close friendship you have. Mm -hmm. And you know the way you take on like a friend's demeanors? You'll start dressing like them. You, you pick up yeah. some of their, their tics and habits. This is, it's been very much that experience, but you're spending time inside the, the minds of, of whole cloth creations that you know intimately. Yeah, it's changed the way I've thought. It's changed the way I think about the way other people think. I'm more understanding. I'm, I'm slower to judgment. It's like opened up an empathic side of myself that didn't exist two years prior when I hadn't written this. And I owe all of that to a wife who's cool with me just disappearing for large aspects of our time together. So yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Uh, it's, it's hard not to just like bounce that right back to you. But well, it, it, practice it, it, here. yeah, well, I mean, I think I, I think it goes without saying, I mean, you know, and, and I'll just I'll say this really quick. COVID, you know, Aunt, with with Annie doing what she does, she was shut down for about 10 weeks. And she just dove right in and, you know, allowed me to keep working and, you know, became a, you know, a stay at home mom for for almost, you know, almost three months. And it's, it, that is not for the faint of heart and it takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. And so, yeah, I mean, it's our, we definitely married patient and understanding women and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's speaking of gratitude and it's something I'm thankful for every day. So, yeah. Yeah. You got to say it. If your life is something you like and you're a married person, it's impossible not to give, I don't know. 71% of the credit. <laughs> Here's thoughts. It's a huge yeah. amount. I don't know the, yeah. the actual yeah. percentage. 
So my question for you, good sir, this is one I used to ask people in group therapy all the time, particularly early on when people join group therapy. You're not there because you want to be. You're right. there because it's like, ah, life is not going exactly right. And so it's kind of a big picture. So if you were given a no strings attached on your current income, meaning you no longer had to do your current job to support your lifestyle, it completely frees up the probably 50 hours a week you spend on your job. What would you do? How does that make your life look? You know, I think something that I'm, that I'm constantly pulled to and, and, you know, this doesn't mean I've taken any action on it or, but, but I feel anytime it's brought up, whether it be at church, whether it be through volunteering acts are, um, you know, uh, less fortunate families, especially with kids. And if I could in some way, I know I could volunteer right now, but if I could volunteer all the time and still still live accordingly. And I think, I think that's where I would devote my time is, is, uh, and I, and I think, you know, a lot of the issues we find in our country are, are due to people starting at, at different starting lines. Um, and I think we've, we've used the, we've used the phrase clear in the lane a couple of times. If I could do stuff to help clear the lane for these kids who might end up, you know, having to make, Choices that I've never had to make in my life to increase their likelihood of success, whether that be through education, uh, social program, whatever it might be. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's where I devote my time and energy. You think kids? I, I got a soft spot for kids, man, because they're just you know I, I no you don't you don't get to choose where you're born or who you're born to, <laughs> you know. And I, I, you know, I'm fully acknowledging of the fact that I was born in a, you know, middle-class white family. I never really had to want for anything. Um, And there's a a huge faction of our society that just doesn't have that opportunity. So good parents is, and being born into a good home is just a version of winning the lottery. It really is. It is. Yeah, and it is. So, in so many ways beyond money, like the way you can, not just the opportunities you have, but even the way your brain thinks about the situation it is in is like a taken for granted optimism and you just get to be a happier person. Yeah. There's a doubt about that, man. I think that's uh, the reason I love that question I don't know if you heard that, but a car just revved its engine outside my window in a residential area. Yeah. Things like that really yeah, make how, me force me to focus my gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful they have that car with a loud motor. <laughs> the reason I always love that question is because I think we we allow things like, well, I have to work. Uh, I have mm-hmm. bills. It's it's the yuppie defense, right? I got bills to pay. To yep. get in the way of what we probably not even should be doing, but what would really spark our curiosity and passion for life. Yeah. And if you can answer that question 
succinctly. It tells you how you need to spend your free time, right? Like for me, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't take yeah. me two. It wouldn't take me two plus years to finish a novel, right? Like I, I, I know what that thing is, and I've made time for it. But yeah. the reason I asked it so much in group therapy, people don't aren't ready to answer that question. They think it's a they think it's a question for future version of themselves. Like, oh, I'll start thinking about that when I'm fifty five. Mm-hmm. Or when I or, or when I'm yeah. sixty five, yeah. And I got to be honest. I mean, you know, that's that's my that's my initial reaction. I've I've never really given that a ton of thought. I I go on this tangent sometimes about how there's no beach. It's one of the things. You know, you'll hear on Joe Rogan's podcast. He talks about it all the time, and like, I think I I started thinking about it maybe like three years ago. Somebody asked him some similar question. It's like, I'd just keep doing what I'm doing. It's like, I would keep on living life exactly how I'm living it. I was like, man, wouldn't I love to answer the question that way? Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Last, uh, last thing, then let's get out of here. Do you have anything that you would recommend to anyone listening to you talking right now? It's so funny. I'm sitting here and I'm like, when you, when you, when you said we were going to do that, I'm like, gosh, there's a lot of things that I use every day that I, uh, that I'm grateful for just one, but I tell you, I'll tell you one that surprised me. And, um, (laughs) obviously I don't think we're getting any, uh, any sponsorships. This is not a hashtag ad. Um, but, and we, we talked about this, man, the Peloton surprised me. Mm. Um, I thought it was going to be kind of gimmicky and like, eh, whatever. To the point where when Annie was ordering it, because you know, I don't know about you know in, in other states if people listen, but in North Carolina, you know, I have to wear a mask in the gym if you're going to work out, and that's just it's a kind of a miserable experience. Um, and not to mention that the Peloton is relatively affordable, but it is um, way more enjoyable, way more challenging. Um, and and just so efficient, <laughs> um, and you know, I actually I, I have to get I'm getting a little minor shoulder surgery at the end of uh, at the end of this or December, and you know it'll that'll be something that shortly after I'll be able to get on that and still crank out some workouts. So so yeah, that's something if if people have been considering it, if they have any interest in like at home fitness and stuff like that, it's as good as a group workout could be with a, with an instructor without actually being somewhere so couldn't agree more i will yeah talk extensively about a peloton at a later date um man and you'll never go wrong investing in your physical health i can now i can hand on the bible to that as as somebody who long abused his physical health (laughs) feels so much better these days um my recommendation to absolutely anybody listening, if you're already listening, this is a hands-down no-brainer. One, you'll need a library card. But once you have a library card, you can download an app called Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. And it gives you free access to an incredible catalog of whatever audiobooks your library carries. If you're like me in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and you lock into the Wake County uh, audio book selection, it's pretty vast. 
there's no cost to it. You put it in their queue. The app lets you know when the audiobook is ready to go. And then you just get a free audiobook. Whereas an Audible subscription at a low tier, you get like 12 books for, what, 200 bucks a year. The amount of value is insane. Plus, you can read digital books on your phone. Maybe, maybe the undisputed pound-for-pound champion of value is still the book. You know, just what you get, the perspective, the impact from a book uh, for the amount of time invested. Like, think of it this way. You get an audiobook, eight hours of entertainment. The the value is actually infinite because it is free. Infinite value. I have it downloaded. I just now need to get a library card. Uh, I just can't. Man. I'm in the future I'm putting a one minute cap on these things because I can already tell like anything <laughs> I've got a rant about, I'll just I'll just go. Dude. Yeah. Great first episode. Go cowboys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? I know. Um yeah, sorry for the technical issues. I th- I think um I think getting um did it improve when I came downstairs? It did. Uh, let me give a quick sign off real quick to just oh, let yeah. everybody know. Uh, you can subscribe anywhere uh, that you get podcasts. Um, you can follow Tommy and I on Instagram. Um, I'm not really active on any other social media platforms, but it's at Dustin Redazel. And I think it's just at Tommy Cooksey, I think. Yeah, pretty simple. But, uh, early adopters, early adopters snagging up those names. <laughs> well, there weren't a lot of redazels out there. And dude, no. I gotta I gotta cap it. Don't worry about technical issues. I gotta pee so bad. Everybody, thank <laughs> you for listening. <laughs>